In 30 minutes, news, hay reports, cattle sale reports, market updates, and more. Crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. And I'm Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. A big thanks goes out to our Ranch It Up lineup, the American Gelvy Association, Abrahamson Rodeo Company, Westway Feed Products, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, EquineMarket.com, AuctionTime.com, RFDTV, the Cowboy Channel and Wrangler. Right here on the Ranch It Up radio show, we have your news, markets, and information all wrapped in 30 minutes. Starting with the news. Severe drought conditions are forcing ranchers to sell their cow herds at a pace not seen in a decade. A development that may cut beef prices in the near term, but send them higher next year, analysts say. Cattle ranchers in California, Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, and parts of Colorado have been particularly hard hit by drought-parched grasslands and are culling their herds, selling to ranchers further east or north or to the feedlots. The most recent heat wave affecting 80% of the western region brought the drought to a boiling point, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. David Anderson, a professor of agricultural economics at Texas A&M, said, We have not had this kind of movement of cows to market in a decade since 2011. The mid-year cattle inventory report confirmed that the drought the past two years has accelerated liquidation of the beef cattle herd. The July 1st inventory of all cattle and calves was down 2% year over year. The beef cow herd declined 750,000 head from last year, the smallest inventory since 2014. A lot of cattle going to town because of the drought and the lack of resources. So starting out our report Jordan Cattle Auction in Mason and San Saba, Texas, on the feeder calves. I'm going to call the five to six weights a dollar sixty-three to a dollar ninety-two. The six to seven weight steers a dollar forty-six to a dollar seventy-five, and then the five to six weight heifers. I'm going to call them a dollar forty-two up to a dollar forty-eight. Now, from their sale last week on the 23rd, receipts, this is from their female sale, by the way, and like I said, a lot of females going to town. Here's some really nice, attractive prices. Receipts totaled just a tick under 1,900 head. A good crowd was on hand with buyers from Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, Iowa, Missouri, Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, New Mexico, and all across Texas, along with 780 bidders on the internet. The fleshy young pairs sold mostly 1425 up to 19 and a quarter. The solid mouth young pairs carrying less flesh and smaller frame pairs ranged from 1000 up to 1400. The young bred cows and some solid mouth cows that were in good flesh sold from 1300 up to 17 and a quarter depending upon the kind and of course pregnancy. The bred heifers as a whole were in good demand with the bigger fall, winter and spring calving heifers ranging from 1200 up to 18 and a quarter and then the open heifers were in good demand selling mostly from 750 up to 1800 depending upon the kind size and age but of course we're starting to see a lot of those way up cow prices drop because of the excess that's coming to town here's more reports for y'all the oklahoma national stockyards calling their way up cows and bulls 10 to 13 dollars lower of course because of the very high heat and very dry conditions is worsening across uh, so many different states is causing a lot of those cows to come come to town here's the top way up cows last week in oklahoma city where we were topping out at just about a dollar awful darn close to it just a, a month or two ago 
highs of only 72, in some cases 69 for those high-yielding cows. On to the way up bulls, those bulls topping out right around the high-yielding bulls anyway, topping at 95. Still strong demand on those feeder calves. I'm going to call the six to seven weights at a dollar seventy-nine up to a dollar ninety-eight and a half, and then the seven to eight weight steers in Oklahoma City at a dollar sixty up to a dollar seventy-six. On the heifer side in Oklahoma City, the feeder calves, the five to six weights at a dollar fifty-five to a dollar seventy-eight, and then the six to seven weights we're going to call them at a dollar fifty-nine and a half up to a dollar seventy-seven. A similar situation over in Woodward Livestock at Woodward, Oklahoma. They called the way up cows and bulls 6 to $10 lower. Also, pressure that they're experiencing on their feeder cattle at having to come to town just a tick sooner. For example, the uh, six to seven weight steers in Woodward Livestock selling from $1.53 to $1.79. And then in comparison, the five to six weight heifers at $1.38 up to $1.72.5. A different situation when we head up north. This is from Northern Livestock Auction in Billings, Montana. Their summertime classic sale. Steers for October delivery. Four and a half to five weights at 230 to 242. Five and a half to six weights at 212 to 225. And then for uh, some steers, November delivery. Value added calves. Five to five and a quarter weights, 230 to 237. Five and a half weights at 231. Our first hay reports are starting to roll in. First, we head to southeastern California, where dairy quality alfalfa hay is at 320 a ton. Retail quality alfalfa is at 350 a ton. Thank you to our listeners in California, by the way, for turning those prices into us. Now, Kansas, large squares of alfalfa is going for as high as 250 a ton. Fair and good quality large round bales of alfalfa are up to 185, with instances up to 215. Large grass rounds around the 140 mark on up to 160. South to Texas, large squares of alfalfa with quality ranging from fair to good is 250 up to 385. Large round grass bales, we're talking Bermuda grass depending on quality, 70 all the way up to premium quality Bermuda grass at 310 a ton. Share with us the hay and feed prices in your area. Send us a text to 707-RANCH20 or email ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Up next, a preview of the big three and more sales. Stick around. The Ranch It Up radio show will be right back. The necessities of life, food, water, shelter. And your favorite radio hosts, this is Jeff Tigger Earhart. And Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. Beck. Join us every week right here for the Ranch It Up radio show. And the Bend radio show. We talk cattle, market, sale barn reports, news. Cooking, lifestyle, outdoors, recreation. And everything in between. And there's a lot in between. Ranch It Up. And the Bend. A couple of buzzwords flying around the industry lately. Regenerative ag, not new, but maybe new to you. What is regenerative ag? How does it work? Can I use it? Does it make a difference? We answer all that in the weeks to come right here on the Ranch It Up radio show. Upcycling and efficiency, powered by liquid feed and protein and mineral tub supplements from Westway Feed Products, all designed to complement your forages. At Westway Feed Products, we create cow herd efficiency one lick at a time. Want to add just a little bit of spice to your event, your customer appreciation supper, your banquet, your meeting? Oh, yeah. Well, bring in us, Beck and I, your keynote speakers, hosts, MCs, a host couple. We'll make them laugh, even cry tears of joy. Call us today. 
Every week we hear from one of our great partners with updates, info, schedules, reports, and everything in between when it comes to buying and selling livestock and hay online and private treaty. Livestockmarket.com on Facebook too. Over the past couple months, we have been promoting how we are going to have the big three on the show, NCBA, RCAF, and USCA, each gets to visit about their platform and what they see as issues and how to fix them. Everybody gets the same time. Here is a short preview of what we're going to be covering over the next few weeks. First is Bill Bullard with RCAF USA. The second is Jess Peterson with U.S. Cattlemen's. And then finally, Don Schiefelbein with NCBA. If we take a snapshot of where we are today in the cattle business, how would you describe that? We are alarmingly close to being completely vertically integrated, where the major meat packers control the entire cattle supply chain to the packer. Uh, we are close when we compare that to the poultry industry that is already completely vertically integrated, the hog industry likewise vertically integrated, the cattle industry is getting extremely close right now. Are there some marketing opportunities that we can take advantage from vertical integration? Well, certainly the integrator takes advantage of that. It's very profitable for them. <laughs> right, right, right. And what they do is they, they eliminate the number of participants within the supply chain. They consolidate the supply chain and they control it. And they control it through production contracts. And many producers aren't aware of it, but we already have those kinds of contracts where the meat packer is actually owning the animals, owning the mm -hmm. feed, and essentially paying the producer to be an employee to feed the animals. We saw the contract in the Easter Day contract between Easter Day Cattle Feeding Company and Tyson. And Easter Day was one of the nation's largest cattle feeding operations. And in that contract, Tyson could purchase the cattle, reimburse for the cattle, reimburse for the feed, and essentially pay Easter Day for the management and the feeding of the animals. And so we believe that there are many more of those kind of sweetheart contracts out there that are essentially uh, giving to the meat packers the ability to control the supply chain. And of course, as our feedlot industry becomes more and more consolidated, that means there's fewer marketing opportunities for independent cattle producers who are selling feeder calves. And that's how the control is going to be pushed upstream in the supply chain all the way to the cow-calf producer. They're going to have limited options with which to sell their calves. And those options are going to come, come with uh, requirements in terms of production practices that they must meet in order to have their cattle eligible for purchase in the marketplace. Um, this is dangerous where we're at today and needs to be reversed immediately. Uh, call up your senator. I can tell you, if your senator hears from you now, we're going to push you forward. If you don't make the phone call, there's only one person to blame when you have that awkward, horrible feeling of going in the bank saying it doesn't look good. Did you make that phone call? When you look at your, your partner, your spouse, your wife, your daughter, your kids, all the above, did you make the phone call? 
And I have seen folks say, I don't care what my political stripes are. I don't care what organizations I belong to. I am calling and I am getting involved. It's now or never, folks. But the only thing standing between you all and your future and your destiny is you. You can't blame Congress. You can't blame the Packers. No, no, but this whole conversation that you started gets us down the road. It's not going to happen overnight. But what it starts with, and I think you've laid it out almost perfectly, it starts with, do you trust people? Okay. Do you trust the leadership? And so cattlemen have to decide, and hopefully they're feeling a change that's occurring or increasing trust. Can we trust Don Schiefelbein and the leadership of NCBA? Can we trust the other organizations and their leadership to do what's right for us with no regard for, I want to boost us up while I'm pushing that other entity down? And that's what we failed so miserably in. And if you look at what our industry concentrates its resources around, the biggest distraction our industry does is we pick out these wedge issues. Good example is should government mandates be involved in marketing? Okay, Mm -hmm, that's mm -hmm. a wedge issue. Mm -hmm. So it makes half the people really upset the one way and the other half mad the other way. We concentrate all of our energy on these wedge issues that are almost self-destructing in themselves, right? Because you're not going to find a common ground there because people like myself don't want government in the business, right? Others may want it, but I'm probably not going to come around to waking up one day and saying, you know what? It's probably a good idea for the government to be involved in our market. I'm probably not. Starting next week, crew, is when we're going to have this special coverage from our next three. Now, here's an update from Mark Vanzi and LivestockMarket.com. If you're not using LivestockMarket.com, I encourage you to go there. Look at it as a possibility to help market said cattle. Look at it as a possibility to help fill your orders or what you're looking to buy for said cattle. Here's Mark. Mark Van Zee with LivestockMarket.com. Coming up this Wednesday, August 3rd, we have our Fall Bread Cow online auction. All opening bids at $100 a head with no hidden reserve. All lots will sell to the highest bidder regardless of price. 137 head across 11 lots. Featured lots include 40 Angus Plus and Brangus type cows and pairs from K&B Ag Services in Corsicana, Texas. Mostly black with a few black white face. 10 of the 40 are pairs with calves currently weighing about 175 pounds. The other 30 are heavy bred cows, six to eight months, bred to registered Hereford and Angus bulls. All the cows are two to five year olds. They're fat and in good condition. Also from KMB in Corsicana, another set of 40 Angus plus type cows. These are predominantly black. 20 of them are pairs. 20 of them are heavy bred cows at seven months. The pairs are heifers up to five year olds and the bred cows are all three- to five-year-olds. They're running back with purebred Brangus bulls right now. The calves are currently weighing about 225 pounds. These cows are gentle and come to feed. This sale also includes a few working ranch horses. Make sure that you check out Kelpie, a four-year-old chestnut Mustang mare from Five Points Horse Training in Goodland, Kansas. She's been used in the feed yard and the pasture doctoring since May. She's also done trail riding in the mountains up in Colorado and Texas. She opens up at just 100 bucks, and she'll sell to the highest bidder. Plus, we got four lots of really high-quality hay on this auction. 21 tons of large-square alfalfa orchard grass mix from Silver Seed and Seed in Delphos, Ohio. This is first-cutting hay. It's about 60% alfalfa. It opens up at just $10 a ton and will sell no reserve. I've got 
40 bales of large square grass from Brummel Auction Service. These are three by three by eight. They open at just $10 a bale, no reserve. I've got 40 large round bales of orchard, clover, and timothy grass mix. These are five by five rounds, and they have delivery options available for you. They open at just 20 bucks a bale. Last but not least, I've got 100 small square bales of horse quality 2022 second cutting alfalfa clover grass mix. These bales are weighing about 65 pounds. It was all baled dry, been stored inside, never seen a drop of rain, and the seller's going to load you out. This is as pretty as small square bales come. They're opening up at just $3 a bale, and they sell no reserve. See pictures, videos of all these lots and more today on LivestockMarket.com and AuctionTime.com. That's LivestockMarket.com. Thank you, Mark. Up next, we've got Kirk in the numbers and a little bit of a tip of the hat when we come back. Crew, it's super easy to get a hold of the boss lady and I, and we want to hear any beef that you may have, or maybe just let us know what's happening out there in cow country. 707-RANCH-20 is the hotline. Leave us a voicemail or fire us a text. 707-RANCH-20. Hey, it's Mark Z with LivestockMarket.com. Every week we hear from one of our great partners with updates, info, schedules, reports, and everything in between when it comes to buying and selling livestock and hay online and private treaty. LivestockMarket.com is a centralized online platform of all types of livestock as well as hay and straw. They brought you Tractor House and Auction Time, LivestockMarket.com on Facebook too. Thanks guys. Have a great week. This coming from our partners from Neogen. Now, over the next several months, we will be bringing you insect control solutions, money-saving tips, how to establish biosecurity during a time of pinching pennies, all that and lots, lots more from our crew from Neogen. Margins are the tightest that I can remember in diesel. Well, that's the highest I've ever seen. So how do we survive? Where do we make cuts? Where don't we make cuts? I think it has long-term consequences that we have to think about. It's not easy, but we'll be diving into those topics, the tough ones. Lots of you have asked that we cover this one, and we're happy to oblige. Over the next several weeks, we'll be hearing from our big three. That's RCAF USA, the USCA, and NCBA, each getting to share their thoughts of the current cattle environment, good, bad, and ugly. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for staying with us. Kirk Donsbach, StoneX Financial Incorporated. Kirk, you heard me reporting a lot of the numbers, especially from the southern part of the state. You know, feeder cattle settling fairly well. Uh, the way-up cow market really, really, really tanking because of the excessive amount of slaughter cattle that are going uh, going across the scales as we speak. So how is this massive drought that, you know, not too long ago, you and I were talking massive drought in the north and things have started to look better. But in the southern part of the country, I mean, this thing is really, 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 really getting tough. And and in the west, it's really getting tough. So how is this drought affecting our markets? Let's just roll right and roll right into it and dive right into it. Well, we'll we'll jump right into a a practical little tidbit, I guess, a practical application of the the futures market. Mm -hmm. Uh, thing to keep in mind, I think everybody is well aware of, of how tough it is for our, our friends and neighbors in the South, and, and it is tough and coming from a, a guy that went through at least something like it last year in the North. But the thing to keep in mind, especially when we we're talking live futures, is that's a delivered contract, and that doesn't matter if it's the North or the South. So when you take these what we consider lower live cattle futures, 
say at 137 ish. You just have to keep in mind that a guy in Texas can deliver that. And so although 137 may be really high in the north, no one really wants to buy that contract in fear of being delivered on, which, as you just explained, the guys in the south may very well want to deliver that animal at 137. So interesting kind of factoid, if you will. It's obviously adding supply to the the market, um, also making the future quite rosy as cattle inventory continues to drop. So now numbers-wise, Kirk, what's it looking like? All right, Tigger, we'll just jump right into it. As of Friday, July 22nd, August feeders closed at a very salty 181.65. That's up 505 on the week with the CME feeder index at 171.01, down $1.61. So some, some alarm bells should be going off in your head there. Uh, we got a exploding feeder futures board closing the week right before all the reports with the CME feeder index, the average cash price, which again would tie back into that drought in the south you're talking about, going down. The two combined leaves our basis at a negative ten dollars and fifty four cents. That's a you know, another red flag going there. That's a very wide basis for an August futures contract that's just a week away from its expiring month. Uh, we did have two big reports come out Friday after the market. Cattle on feed came out at 100.4. Placement was a, a little bit bearish at 97.6 with expectations of 94. If you kind of dig into the details of that report, basically all weights were down except for the real lightweights, the sub six and the six and 700 pound class classes. And ironically, again, tying back into what you're talking about, all 15,000 head increase of those placements came out of Texas on the light ones. And then Texas and Nebraska showed the increased light placements of the next weight group. On the cattle inventory, we had a little bit of surprise. And, and note, this is July 1st to July 1st, but it showed beef cows at 98% and the calf crop at 99%. And that concerns me a little bit with a futures board that's $10 over cash. Um, some of the contracts are real close to setting life of contract highs. And it just acted like it was expecting more bullish report than that. So to get a 98% is a little bit disappointing. Dumping the live cattle, August live closed the week at 137.15, up 220. Cash traded 136 to 39 in the south, 140 to 43 in the north, leaving the five area weighted average at 140.65, down a dollar 44, and our basis at a more realistic positive three dollars and 27 and a half cents. Weekly slaughter was solid at 665,000 head, up 10,000 over last year, and choice boxes printed 267.12, down a dollar 79. Kind of the good news. In the feeder market, with December corn closed the week at 564 and a half, down 40 and a half cents on the week. I would warn your your listeners to take note of there is quite a bit of support on the corn chart, December corn chart, around 540 to 560. And I think again we need to have that discussion of what may be considered an attractive price right now is relative based on what our costs of production are. You know, when we say there's bell ringers and there's wing dingers, that is, again, in relation to what did it take to produce that bell ringer and wing dinger? I think that's 100% accurate, Tigger. You know, we've all heard our dad or the neighbors talk about the 80s, and they always talk about interest rates 
and how expensive hay was and, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think we just kind of assumed that prices were weak. Uh, the reality is, if you look back at a chart, futures prices anyway through the 70s and 80s were actually in an upward trend, so fairly bullish prices. It's just it cost so much more to produce that pound that it, that it was not profitable. And I think we mentioned this last time we talked. I'm very bullish prices, not so much profitability as this inflation carries on. So before I say fairly well, I want to jump right back to that uh, beef cow inventory that you just kind of brushed on a little bit. I know that it's the smallest since 2015. Does that create opportunity? Uh, you know, and again, you know, our hearts go out to those producers that are forced to liquidate. You and I were, have been there and we talked a lot, a lot, a lot about it. But does that create opportunity or maybe opportunity is the right word to say? What does that create going forward when this is, gosh, it's it's the lowest it's been in almost 10 years? Other side of that, as soon as the cow, cow kill slows down, as soon as heifer retention you know, starts to pick up as as guys start to rebuild from this liquidation. Uh, that's all taking animals out of the food chain, if you will, and that's very supportive to prices as you decrease supply. Obviously, um, the kicker is, you know, it's not going to happen up in the north this year anyway. The hay is is quite short. Grass is way better than it was, and, and you know, definitely my sympathy goes out to to the our friends in the south. Mm-hmm. But the the rains were just too late for the hay. Pays 200 to 250, and and I just don't see that expansion happening in the north, or you know us buying some of the cows that were sold further south and bringing them up because the winter costs are just going to be too high. So people wanting some more information is the best way to start out with your newsletter. I'm assuming. Absolutely, Tigger, and, and they can subscribe to it by texting cattle. That's C A T T L E to the number three three seven seven seven. I said it last week, and I'm going to say it again this week. Thoughts and prayers to all of those producers who are fighting drought and wildfire and then being forced to liquidate herds, sometimes in record numbers. Again, as a reminder, please be sending us your hay reports. We're going to fire up our own hay reports, so we want to see those feed prices in your area. Send them our direction. And now that's going to wrap it up for today. A big thanks from our crew to yours. Mark Vanzi with LivestockMarket.com, Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated, and of course to you, the boss lady. A big thank you to our partners of the American Galway Association, Abrahamson Rodeo Company, Westway Feed Products, Neogen, LA Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, EquineMarket.com, AuctionTime.com, RFD-TV, The Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. And crew, so glad y'all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow and like us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Call and text us 24-7 at... 707-R-A-N-C-H-2-O. Spread the good word and join us again next week where it's always Tigger Approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up.